name and worship you. We pray that you have your way in our midst, O God. We pray that none of us will leave the same. In the name of Jesus, we pray, O God, that you will speak your word to us. May we all be more and more like Jesus. May we love you more. May we honor you more. May we be doers of your word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray. And the saints said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah to Jesus. We praise God. We give God the praise. Amen. So we continue with our message. I believe that many of us are learning something. It's very important. Always remember that the word of God must enter into our hearts, not just our minds, but into our hearts. Because once the word of God enters into our hearts, we are changed. The Bible says that we must be doers of God's word and not hearers only, so that we do not deceive our own selves. Amen. So let's continue. Things to consider as we move forward. I want to encourage you to just invite friends, invite people, because this is going to be a very important message. Things to consider as we move forward. Amen. And like I always say, as we move forward in life, in God's favor, in blessings, in everything we can think of, how to move forward, how to to, to think, to do the things we need to do when we are moving forward. You realize that David the king, the Bible says that David, as he was promoted by Saul, the Bible says he behaved himself wisely, the first promotion. Then Saul promoted him again, and the Bible says, and he behaved himself more wisely. So what things do we do as God takes us to different levels? Do we change or do we remain the same? We must be like God. The Bible says that you and I must be imitators of, of, of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. The Bible says that we should also be like God. We should be Christ-like. Now, the Bible makes it very clear that as for God, he doesn't change. Amen? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. God is immutable. That's one of his characteristics. He's immutable. It means that he does not change. He cannot change. It is impossible for God to change. Hallelujah. Things to consider. What's the first thing we talked about? We talked about loving God with all our heart, soul, and might. Love God with every atom or every part of you. Love God with everything you can think of. Amen. Because loving God is the most important and the greatest thing you and I can do. And the Bible says, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. So love God with all your heart, love God with all your soul, love God with all your mind, love God with all your strength. This is the most important thing you and I need to do. So this clearly means that it's more important to love God than to preach. It's more important to love your neighbor also than to preach. Think about it. All the things we are doing in church, it's better to love God or love God. That's the most important thing. It's more important to love God and love your neighbor than to do anything in church. Think about that. Also, if you have something against someone <clears throat> and you, 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 you have a problem with someone, 
or someone has a problem with you, you have a disagreement with someone and you're about to give a sacrifice or an offering to God, the Bible says, put your offering down. Jesus said, put it down. Go and settle the score with the other person and then give your offering. So you can see the importance God places on peace, loving each other. Amen? The second thing we talked about was that know God for yourself. Know the God you said. Know him for yourself. Many people know of God. The, the sons of Sceva, they saw Apostle Paul, especially Peter, casting out devils. So they saw a man possessed with a devil. And they said, I cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ, of whom Paul preaches, of whom Peter preaches, of whom the apostles preach. I cast you out. So they cast out the devil, but instead of the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, of whom Paul preaches. So they didn't have enough faith. They didn't even trust in Jesus Christ. So the demon turned to face them and said, I know Jesus. I know Peter. I know Paul. I know all these different people, but who are you? And the Bible says that this, this demon-possessed man was able to overpower the sons of Sceva and to whip them, and they were bleeding and had badly hurt from the devil. Think about it, because they did not know who they were serving. They did not know God for themselves. So it's very important that you and I know God for ourselves. Hallelujah. The more we know God, the better it is. Look at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So to be strong in the Lord means to be knowledgeable in the Lord. To be strong in the Lord means to be formidable in the Lord. So you and I are supposed to be strong in the Lord. Know him. Know who he is. Know about him. The more we know about God, the more we know about Jesus, the more we read about him, the more we study about him, the more strong we become, the more we mature and we do exploits. According to Daniel chapter 11 verse 32, the people who do know their God shall display strength and take action. Number three, we talked about the fact that we are in a war. Look at Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is not against flesh and blood. It is not against flesh and blood. The Bible also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2, 3, 4, that even though we are living human lives in the flesh, our battle is not against physical people. So it's very important for us to know that we have an enemy and we are in a war. But war betide thee, if you are in a war and your enemy has an advantage, a clear advantage over you, it, it, it is not where you want to be. It is not the place you want to be. I don't know if you're hearing what I'm talking about. So do not give the devil an advantage. We talked about that. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 to 11. I believe we'll conclude today. Let's use ESV. So you should rather, let's start from verse 6, why not? And like I said earlier on, the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. I mean, think about it. When you are writing a letter to someone, you do write verse 1, verse 2. So it was written together, but 
those who were writing, uh, you know, translating the Bible into English and other versions, they wanted to make it easier for us to understand and to reference. Hallelujah. Very, very important. So there are times that you might need to, instead of starting from verse 2, you might be able to understand the verse more when you go to verse 1, or sorry, chapter 1. Let me repeat that again. Sometimes you might be reading the scripture and uh, you are reading James chapter 2 or say Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 to 5. But there are times that you might need to go to Hebrews chapter 5 because the chapters, most of the time, it's, 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 it, it helps. But there are times that you need to go further back when you're having your Bible study so you can get to the context. Because many Christians miss it when they don't understand the context, who was the who, who, who were the audience, what who, 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 the person who was speaking or who was who, who who wrote it, what was their intention, who were they speaking to, what were, what, what were they trying to bring across or, or 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 tell the people? Very very important because you can take a verse and run with it and be in error. But the Bible says that you and I must rightly divide the word of truth. So we must, we, 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 we must be good stewards of God's word. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. So we must understand the Bible, learn the Bible, read the Bible, and apply the Bible appropriately. Amen? So let's go. Let's, okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So this is someone who did something bad in the church. And uh, let, let's start from this one. Hallelujah. Something bad in the church and uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Please continue. Verse 1. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Verse 3. That it may be well. Okay. Verse 3. Okay. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 3. Let's continue. That is, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nature and admonition of the Lord. So do not provoke your children to wrath. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. According to the flesh, please use ESV. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Okay, sorry. Um, I think you, okay, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and start from verse 6 to 11. Hallelujah. Oh, 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 oh. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. Then I said, go to verse 1. Please remember it's 2 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 1. Thank you. For I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. For if I cause you pain, who is there to make me glad but the one whom I have paid? 
please be fast a bit, please. And I wrote as I did so that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who should have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. Verse 4. For I wrote to you, for I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart, and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely to all of you. So if there's anyone who caused pain, he didn't, he didn't cause the pain to me, but to all of you. Continue verse 6. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. Love is the key. For this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ. So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So you can clearly see that God is talking about you and I forgiving people, you and I walking in love, when you read the context of this verse. Because, yes, someone did something wrong to the church and they ostracized him, they, they, they shunned him, and, you know, by the majority, the majority of the church just ignored him. And the Bible says that it is now time to go back to this person, to reaffirm your love for him, so that you will not be overwhelmed with much sorrow. So, I'm writing this letter to you, Apostle Paul was saying, or the Holy Ghost through Apostle Paul, writing this letter to you, the church, to see if you would be obedient to in all things, so that Satan will not get an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices or his designs or his schemes. So you and I, like I've been saying, unforgiveness is a tool, a bait of Satan. Bitterness, unforgiveness, grumbling, complaining. The Bible says that the children of Israel, they complained and grumbled against God. They grumbled so much against God that God was very angry with them and caused many of them to die. Think about it. Many of them died because God was angry with them because they were grumbling, they were complaining, and he just didn't like it. Think about it. I don't think any of us will want to be in that situation. How many want to be in a place where you are, God is angry with you? No. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's start from verse 1. ESV, continue. For I do not what you, for I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food. 
and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock, and the rock was Christ. Now hold on. Now they drank from the same spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. And Moses, instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock. Verse 5. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased. So there were many of the children of Israel who were baptized under Moses and then they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with many of them for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Verse 6. Now these things took place as examples for us. So it's not just Old Testament, but examples for us that we might not desire evil or evil things as they did. Verse 7. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. The play is the fornication, drunkenness, just orgies. Yeah, those are that's the, the rising up to eat, drink, and play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a day, single day, because of their sexual immorality and you know all the things we are doing we must not we must not put christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer now hold on verse 9 and 10 use nlt for verse 9 and 10 this new testament and we are talking about grumble against God, grumbling, complaining about life, just everything is complaining, grumbling, complaining about others, just complaining, children complaining about parents, complaining, complaining. Nor should we put all church member versus church member, or even pastor complaining, church member, everyone complaining. We shouldn't do that. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. Oh, you, you've not given us meat. We want meat. Why did you bring us, take us out of Egypt? We would have eaten had meat to eat. Now we are only eating manna. Ah, we are thirsty. Oh, is this only manna we are going to drink? Oh, we are tired. They tested Christ and they, or many of them died. And don't grumble as some of them did. For that is why God sent his angel of death to destroy them. Now use NIV. Verse 10. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Now let me show you something. How many are getting what I'm talking about? Very, very important. Now, let me read it from a couple other versions. Berean study Bible says, And do not complain, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. King James says, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. New King James, nor complain. So, the word grumble, or you can also, when you are doing your Bible study, you can also look for the word grumble 
which is gokuzo, which means to mutter, murmur, whisper, grumble, generally of some smoldering discontent. Neither murmur ye, as some of them murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, verse, back to ESV, verse 11. Hallelujah. Very important. Now, these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. So this is not just for the... the, the, the and then it says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. So you and I, we must be very careful because God doesn't like complaining. God does not like grumbling. God does not like murmuring at all. Now they murmured against God because they murmured against Moses because God was giving Moses the instruction. God told Moses, do A, B, and C. Lead them to do A, B, and C. Then they complained and grumbled. And God was angry with them. Hallelujah. So let's be very, very careful. Number four. What do you think? Very, everything is important. But this is most important. Number four. Make sure you have the right confession. God hates doubt. Doubt is an evil report. Think about it. An evil report. Doubt is an evil report, not a good report. I don't think any of us want to be known by God as people who doubt. Now, look at uh, Revelation 21 from verse uh, uh, 6 to 8, uh, to 8. Let me show you something interesting. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. You know that very soon, well not very soon, in the sweet by and by, in the future, we will start to eat of the tree of life. Hallelujah to Jesus. And that's all in Revelation. Verse 7. The one who conquers will have his heritage. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. Please continue until you understand. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Now read this in NLT. Now this is very important. No, it's just verse uh, uh, 7. Uh, verse 8, sorry. Just use NLT. All who are victorious <laughs> will inherit all things, all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Verse 8. But cowards, so anyone who is a coward, be aware. I didn't write the Bible. So when, when you are not bold to do certain things and you are, you, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are a coward, so you can't confess Christ in public. You are a coward when you can't do what you need to do. When you know God is telling you to do something and don't do it, you are a coward. Think about it. 
Now let's look at what the word coward means. How many want to know what it means? Okay. So the word coward means fearful, timid. So the fearful, King James, let's see what King James says and we'll go back to NLT. King James will say the fearful, I believe. Yes, but the fearful, the unbelieving. Did you see that? Now go back to uh, uh, the version we're in. So the, the, the word coward means the timid, the fearful. So everyone who is a coward, who is afraid to act, when God says go, they say no. When God says talk to this person, they say no. When God says do something difficult, they can't do it because they are afraid. Those who are plagued with fear, think about it, fear will send people to the lake of fire. The cowards or the fearful who turn away from me because we are not just talking about the, 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 the people who are afraid of a lion. No, you are not a coward if you are afraid of a lion. You're, you better run. But we are talking about those who are fearful when it comes to God, when it comes to doing what the Bible says do. But the cowards who turn away from me and unbelievers, the unbelieving are the unbelievers, and the corrupt and the madness and the immoral and those who practice witchcraft and the idol worshippers and all liars, their doom is in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. This is the second death. What I was looking for was the unbelieving, unbelievers. Go back to King James. So when we speak unbelief, when we are embalmed with unbelief, we, we are plagued with unbelief, with doubt. Every speech is doubtful. Everything we say, our thoughts are doubtful. Every single thing has to do with we can't, there's doubt. No, we cannot do it. We are afraid. No, this will not work. Oh, no, 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 no. God doesn't like that. Oh, it won't work. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, it is too difficult. No, 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 no. I pray that all of us will be people who are... Can we do it? Yes, we can. It, it, it looks impossible, but we serve the God who specializes... Oh, hallelujah. The God who specializes in impossibilities. So that word, we can't, is not a part of my vocabulary, unless it's something negative. No, we can't do this. No, we can't lie. No, we can't do this. No. Then the word, we can't, comes in. But if it is something good... Or God says it is for us, or it is for you, or it is for me. That word, we can't, is not a part of my vocabulary. Because right confession is, yes, we can. Right confession is that I have. Right confession is that it is mine. Right confession is that we have succeeded. Right confession is that let's do it because by, by the grace of God it will work. The right confession is that, Let's do it. Even though it seems impossible and with our own strength, we cannot do it. We can do it with God. With men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So we need the right confession. Am I preaching to somebody? We need the right confession. Confession, confession. And the 12 spies went to spy out Canaan. 10 died. Because they brought an evil report of unbelief, of doubt. I mean, unbelief has saturated them so much that they were embalmed with unbelief. 
Hallelujah. But you and I must be positive. Profanity should not exist in our vocabulary. I went, when I was an unbeliever, myself and a, a friend went to a church in London. We went there. Uh, we were looking for a church. We just said, look, we just want to go to church. Let's find a way. This was before uh, uh, Lighthouse, my, my church, uh, uh, you know, I, I I was anacazzled and I was discipled and brought into Christ through Lighthouse. Hallelujah. But before then, I was uh, we're, we're just wondering, where should we go to church? Where should we go to church? We didn't know what to do. And then we went, we looked, I don't know how we found it, but we, whether it's the yellow pages or whatever, we found a church. We went to that church. When we went, the pastor was preaching. Oh, the man was preaching good. As was preaching, then he released an F word. Oops! Excuse me, sorry. We never went to that church again. Why? Because the fact that an F word was released means that he says it at home. He says it on his unguarded moments. He says it freely. Because it came out as he was preaching. But the Bible says that profanity is not acceptable. Let no profane words come out of your mouth. So, even, is it, even if you have someone use the F word or S word and you are explaining it to someone. Oh, did you know this guy? Oh, what did he say? What did he say? Oh, he said that you mentioned the thing. No, no, no. That's, 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 you, that you are also part of the profane. Even though you did not intend to do it. The fact that you, you open your mouth to say it. Instead of saying S, have you seen me use say the words? No, S, F. He used the F word. He used the S word. That's as far as you can go. But you cannot let it come out of your mouth. The Bible says, profane, no profane word should come out of your mouth, even if it's in an explanation. Even if that was not your intention, it should not come out. I remember when my daughter was in high school, I watched, I, yeah, she was trying to fit in. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey! She was trying to fit in. Did you try to see it? No. Okay. <laughs> Then I'll, 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 I'll. She said no. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we must be very careful. But whatever happened, you see, people, <clears throat> yes, let's, let's continue. She said no. Amen. Proverbs 18 21. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So it means that whatever you say with your mouth can happen. You can frame your world by what you say. The Bible says, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty to have faith in God or have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. And this kind of faith is the faith which says with their mouths what they believe in their hearts and it comes to pass. So you and I must speak life. You and I must speak positive things. As for, yes, it, it, it happened every summer. Yes, it happened every time, every month it happens. Every month there is some pain. Every summer there is some problem. So, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for this pain to happen because it usually happens. Death. When, when you say death, it doesn't mean you are dying physically. It just means that everything that is encapsulated in death 
poverty, lack, sickness, wrong, things we pray against, things we don't want. That's all part of the death. So you should say that, oh, it's been happening in the past, but thank God that it ended. And from now on, the pain will not happen again this month. Or this summer is not going to happen. We must speak life. Always speak life. 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 Not death. Because death and life, Proverbs 18.21, are in the power of the tongue. So it means that you can continue to speak positive things in your life and it will happen. That's why God told Abraham, look at the stars. You, you, and, and, and visualize it. When you visualize it, and it enters into your heart, it will come out of your mouth. Because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So whatever is in your heart will come out of your mouth. That's why it must be positive things, good things that come out of our mouth. But how do you get good things to come out of your mouth? How do you get life to come out of your mouth? How do you get faith and positive things to come out of your mouth? It is by what is inside of you. What is in your heart? If the word of God is in your heart, life will come into your heart. If garbage and wrong movies, wrong TV series, wrong stuff, wrong ideas from friends are in your heart, then garbage in, garbage out. The Bible says, do not be deceived. Be not deceived. For evil communication corrupts good manners. And the evil communication might not necessarily be cast words or we are going to look for a bad thing to do. But evil communication is even doubtful communication. Remember, they give an evil report. The, 12, the 10 spies, they give an evil report because they spoke a doubtful thing. So evil communication or communication full of doubt is also an evil report. Proverbs 6.2 Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. So you can be snared or entrapped by what you say. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the apostle and the high priest of our profession. That's Jesus Christ. I believe it's Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly call, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Hebrews 3.1. Think about it. If Jesus Christ is the apostle and high priest of our profession, and when we confess our faith in Jesus Christ, when we confess faith, then he takes it and makes sure that what we are confessing will come to pass. What is the devil doing? When the devil accuses us before God day and night, oh, this life is a miserable life. I will not amount to anything. Oh, my child, you will amount to nothing. Oh, my, you, you, you call your child, God forbid. Or you call your child, you will suffer. Anyway, anyway, everybody has their, some people do it because they, they, uh, 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 they are going to be reminded of the pain they went through. I won't do that. Hallelujah. So, more grace to you. But I, I want to speak life to my children. Speak life, speaking positive things to people around me. And you and I must do the same. Hallelujah. 
Even some of our names need to be sanctified. Oh, what are you talking about? The Old Testament, God changed people's names. God changed uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Jacob's name to Israel. Oh, but that's the Old Testament. Come on. We are now in the new dispensation. Ask Apostle Paul what his name was before he became Apostle Paul. He was called Saul of Tarsus. God changed his name. So sometimes you, you, we, we can pray over our names and sanctify our names. Especially if you are named after someone who was a brawler, a fighter, or some wild criminal. We can pray over and sanctify the name. What do you think? And then we talked about James 1, 5 to 8. Now let's continue. The final is do what you can for the Lord now. Glory to God. Oh, in the sweet by and by, maybe next year, yes, maybe next month, in two years' time, maybe when I finish sorting out school, or when I finish sorting out my career, or when I finish sorting things out, or when I get married, or when I get well. Yet in Minneapolis, when I am downtown with Sarge or with some people on outreach, we will meet a woman, older woman, who, of course, she was healed at one of the crusades. Who, but we we'll meet a, a younger woman, an older woman, who is in a wheelchair, oxygen, oxygen tank, and breathing through oxygen, and she's handing out tracts, telling people that Jesus loves them. So when you say that you are waiting till you get well, of course it depends on what sickness you have, but you had, thank you, because it's confessions, sickness we had, not have. Because by his stripes we were 2,000 years ago healed. So what am I saying? Do what you can for the Lord now. Now. Don't wait like I used to say when I was in the world. That I won't wait till I retire. Then I'll serve God. When you retire, there are other things waiting for you. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 6, ESV. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 6, ESV. Thank you. Don't let the excitement of your youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, Life is not pleasant anymore. Did you get that? Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Remember him. Remember God, the one who created us for his pleasure. Remember him whilst you have strength. Remember him whilst you have strength. Because a day will come, or times will come where you can't even walk if God gives you a, 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 a long life, and which he will by the grace of God. You will to walk, but you can't walk far. By the grace of God, you must all confess. Uh, you, you, it is not possible to be nursed. One of my, it's a long ago, a manager was talking about how his father died of Alzheimer's and certain diseases. Uh, 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 when he got a certain age, so he's preparing for it. In my mind, I was like, oh, wow. 
I wish I could tell you the truth. Preparing for it. You can confess that you will never be nursed, but you will be able to walk, climb stairs, walk 10,000 steps in your 80s. Because people are doing it, and you and I can do it in our 80s. So it means that we need to be confessing it, and we need to be taking care of our bones. Whether it's resistance training, whether it's eating well, whether it's making sure you have calcium and vitamin D. So you see that we are, it's not just him, but God gave us wisdom. Jesus Christ is both the wisdom of God and the power of God. Hallelujah. Then you'll be able to actually trot at age 85. And my sister and her, her family went to Scotland some years ago. And some old, uh, an, uh, an older couple, they were climbing up a hill. An older couple was able to out, uh, uh, go past them and was not tired whilst they were panting. Why should it be for them and not for us when we have God to confess and trust God for it? But remember your creator in the days of your youth. Look at it in King James. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. John 9, 4, Jesus said, we must work the works of him that sent me whilst it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. A time can come in our lives where it is not possible. The pandemic showed us, oh, I wanted to step out to have to see during the pandemic, but you couldn't go. You, you won't be allowed. Where are you going? So what did I do? We, at least we were able to go on the streets every uh, uh, once, twice a week to go on outreach to tell people about Jesus. And, we, and a lot of people were saved through that. Hallelujah. But in spite of that, there, there are things you want to do, but you cannot do. You cannot do. So Jesus was saying that I, look at other versions. Another version says, we must, we must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Good. NIV. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Oh, I'll serve God when I'm a certain age. Oh, I'll serve God when I retire, like I used to say. Oh, I'll serve God when I've got my life sorted out. Oh, really? Oh, when I stop doing certain things, or when I stop doing wrong, or when I'm more spiritual, I'll serve God. Really? No. Serve God now. And as you serve God, you see God take things off. Serve God now. While it is day. Whilst it is day, whilst it is day, serve God now. Don't wait for tomorrow because tomorrow, tomorrow is not promised. Yes, you might have long life, but long life, the rapture can occur as I'm preaching. All things are ready. So what happens when the rapture occurs and we are not ready? We have not served God in a certain way. Let's serve God now. Acts chapter 13 verse 22. 
NLT says, But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Oh, man. May God say that you and I will do everything he wants us to do. ESV says, and when he had removed Saul, removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. I pray that you and I will do the will of God. I pray that by the time everything is said and done, God will be able to have a testimony about you and I. He will be able to say that I have found you whoever you are. I have found you. Mention your name. I have found John or I have found Susan, a man or a woman after my heart. And I know he or she will do all my will. And then I found David, the son of uh, 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 Saki. <laughs> Mention, also confess it. David, the son of Jesse. Now, whatever your name is, your father or mother's name is, and he, he, he will do all my will. And he has done. Because you and I can confess and do what we can for God. Because God will have a testimony about you and I. But that comes by acting now. Not waiting. Do not wait for tomorrow. The day of action is now. The day of action is now. What do you think? The day of action is now. Look at Psalm 90 verse 12. Moses, the Psalm of Moses. Psalm 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. King James. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. So when, if you were given a, 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 a time by the Lord that you are going to die at a certain time, what will you do? What you do will be wise. So God is saying, let's think like we can die at any moment. Let's think like we can die at any moment. If we, if we think we can die at any moment, it would, it, it would, it would, it, it would uh, how do I say, it, it will motivate us to do certain things. It will guide the way we move. It will guide the way we do things. Because if you are given uh, 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 three months to live, or God it's not possible, but God told you that, look, Christ is coming in three months. It's not possible. Anyone who says they know when Christ is coming is a liar. L-I-A-R. A liar. Complete lie. One of the, 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 the religions, they predicted the day Christ will come and Christ didn't come at that time because no one knows the day or the hour. When Christ will come. 
Hallelujah. But let's say, for example, that we knew the day we we're going to die. What will we do? How would we serve God? How will we respond to people? How would we walk in love? How would we act? What will we do? Let's do that now. That is wisdom. Teach us, O oh God, to number our days. What does it mean? I mean, you don't know the day you're going to die, so how can you number it? You number your days by living each day one at a time as if it could be your last. And you would be wise in what you do. Look at NLT. Teach us to make the most of our time so that we may grow in wisdom. There you go. Teach us to make the most of our time. Because when all is said and done, look, I can guarantee you this, that imagine Christ comes and we are in the air with Christ, the Christians. Anyone who's not a Christian will not be able to go to heaven. As simple as that. But the Christians listening, Take it that Christ comes this second and we go up. Many would be blessed and pleased that one thing that people will be saying is, oh wow, I could have done this. I could have done that. I could have served God more. I could have done this for God. Oh, I could have done that for God. I shouldn't have put this back. I shouldn't have pushed this back. Because when we see his face, when we meet him face to face, is he going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or is he just going to smile? What is Christ going to tell you and I? Because when we see him and we see his glory, we see his splendor, we see his greatness, we will realize that everything was minute and nothing. Everything that we wanted, we cared about, that doesn't matter, doesn't weigh anything in his presence. When we get to heaven, we realize that all the things we are fighting about, we are struggling with, we are pushing, we realize that they are all going to be weaker than feathers. Even air will be heavier than it. All the things. So, 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 so what is the point of waiting till we get to heaven? Because, yes, you go to, we'll go to heaven, but we want to be able to please him. Many of us want to please our boss. You want to please, if you are working for the president, you want to please him. Now, we are serving God. Now, what, what better opportunity? I mean, I'm telling you, those who are serving God and have fought a good fight like Apostle Paul, when they meet Jesus Christ, they, are, they will be expecting something from him. Well done. But those who didn't, yes, they'll go to heaven. Yes, no problem. But look, there'll be no jealousy in heaven. But look, the mansions, eh? <laughs> there'll be grand mansions for some and there'll be little mansions for some. There'll be brightness for some and there'll be dim light for some. Even the dim light is brighter than, it's brighter than the sun. Think about it. In heaven, the, the, the lowest brightness is brighter than the sun. So you can imagine seeing people on thrones or seeing people with crowns, seeing people with, 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 with blessings and honor. And then those who did not do their best would say, oh, I wish I had. But you'll be in heaven. But it doesn't mean that you should follow what everyone is doing. It doesn't mean you should do what God did not tell you to do. 
Jesus said, as for Mary, she did her work. What she came to this world to do was to not only minister to me, but to take the expensive oil and pour it on her head. She has finished her work. That's all she could do. She's done it. That's it. Her crown is waiting for her. What is it that you and I have to do? If it is a merry situation, we praise God. Just do it well. If it is a Peter situation and you do the merry one, you cannot get the reward you are looking for. Whatever you and I need to do. That's why Apostle Paul said, that, Lord, I'm trying to apprehend or I'm trying to get the thing Christ apprehended me for. He, 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 he was saying that, look, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. As he was, as he was about to die, he said, look, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. But look, I have finished my course. So it means he knew what God wanted him to do. He did it to his best. And he knew he had finished his course because he was about to die. God cannot, if you are ready to serve God with all your heart and you are available to God, you can't die unless you finish your work. How can God take you unless you finish? When you meet him and he says, you did not finish your work. How is he going to say that when you were doing the work with all your strength and he took you out? No. So Apostle Paul knew that my work is finished because I'm about to be beheaded. He was a Roman citizen, so Roman citizens could not be crucified. They had to behead him because a Roman citizen. So he said, I have fought a good fight. I have fought. I have fought and, and, and I have kept the faith. Not just the faith in Jesus Christ, but I, I have kept the faith. What you've told me to do, I have kept it. I have kept my allegiance to you, Lord Jesus. I have kept it. I have fought a good fight and I have kept the faith and I have finished my course. Finish my course. Let me read this as I close. What Apostle Paul said. Let's look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. Let's read it. Let's use ESV. Let's use King James. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But what things were gained? Okay, let's start from verse 6. I'll just read it and not say too much about it. Just for time's sake. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Because when you, you are gaining something in this world, you have to always check to make sure that it is not a loss to Christ. I'm preaching to somebody. There's no time for it. Let's continue. Verse 8. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the, oh, hallelujah, of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Meaning that he lost everything he, he, because he was a Pharisee. He was uh, under Galileo. He was a Pharisee. He was a very high-level uh, Pharisee. He, he was rising up in the ranks. And he was very prestigious. He had a lot of money. He had a lot of fame. And all, all the benefits that the Pharisees had. And when he turned to Christ, he lost everything. Everything. 
But he, he didn't say, I've lost everything. I said, oh, have pity on me. I lost everything. No, 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 no. But I count them but toilet or dunk or feces. Go back to verse 6. I count them but dunk that I may win Christ. Meaning that I, 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 mean, I lost those things. But the fact that God made me lose those things, I take them to be rubbish. So that I may win Christ. Verse 9. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is of the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Continue. That I may know him. You and I, I'll preach this very soon. That I may know him. May you and I know him. And the power of his resurrection. Yes. That you know Christ and the power of his resurrection, the power of God, the move of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, that's the power of the resurrection. So knowing Christ, knowing his power and, his, and, 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 and the, the anointing, the power of God, but that's not all, and the fellowship of his sufferings. And the fellowship of his sufferings. How Christ suffered as he moved around. The Bible says that someone said, oh, let me go and bury my father. And what, what? Jesus said, look, let the dead bury the dead. Then another time, Jesus said, look, the foxes have holes. The birds of the nest, they have nests, nests, nests or nets. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So Apostle Paul suffered. He was shipwrecked. He was lashed. He went through difficulties, snake bites for Christ. Being made conformable, conformable, conformable unto his death. Let's continue for time's sake. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which I also I, I that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. So the reason Christ apprehended me, not just saved me, but apprehended me, and I want to find what He apprehended me for and to fulfill it. Verse thirteen. That's what you and I should be like. That that should be our prayer, brethren. I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, past, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Please continue. I press, you see, I press. I don't walk gallantly. I don't walk slowly. I don't take my time. I press toward the mark. There is a high calling for every single one of us. Every single one of us, God has called us for a specific thing. And the Bible is saying that we must press towards the mark. Press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Whatever the calling, the high calling is for you. Of course, we all know it has to do with the ministry. But whatever it is, you and I must press toward the mark. What does it mean to press? It means there will be things that will prevent you. You might be tired. You might be going through so many things. You've got issues. You've got circumstances. You've got bills to pay. You've got so many things going on. But you press through them to reach the mark of the prize of the high calling. Let's continue. Let us therefore, and he continues, Hallelujah. 
So ladies and gentlemen, serve God and remember your creator in the days of your youth. Some will say, oh, but I'm 50 years old, I'm 60 years old, I'm 70 years old. You can be a youth when it comes to God. Serve the Lord. Remember God in the days of your youth. Remember him. Remember him. At the point, nothing matters but Jesus. And he will make sure that the things that matter to our soul and our bodies, he will preserve us and he will keep us and he will bless us with those things. But the key is that nothing matters but Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. That's who is the goal. All else doesn't matter. Just Jesus. But in, when you, you and I have that mindset, he'll take care of our lives. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the things we are looking for will be added unto us. So as God is the primary, as Jesus is the focus, remember, he is making sure that the things we don't see as the focus are the focus. Solomon, what do you want? I want an understanding heart and wisdom to go in and out from amongst these great people because you have given me the privilege to judge this great nation. He didn't ask because said, because you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for honor, you didn't ask for the lives of your enemies, but you asked for something concerning me. I will bless you with the things you didn't ask for. And I will give you wisdom like no man has had before. That's how God is. So plunge yourself. Let us plunge ourselves into God. And he will handle the rest of the details. But let us not handle the details. Because if we are handling the details, God will say, then I don't need, you don't need me. Because you are handling the details. You are handling the bill. Yes, you have to work hard. That's your working hard. Don't rely on your working hard to pay the bill or to sort that problem out. Rather, let's rely on God to do it. Because if we take control, then what are we telling God? We are telling God to step back. That you got it. I got it. I got it. God's got me. Well, you didn't say God's got me. Like the guy said. You just say, I got it. I got it. But why, not, why don't we say God's got me? God's got me. Ladies and gentlemen, Let's remember our Creator. Number one, I close, love God and love your neighbor. Number two, know God for yourself. Number three, do not give Satan an advantage through his beats of unforgiveness, offense, sin. Number four, have the right confession. Number five, do what you can for the Lord now. God will bless you and I. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father God, we bless your name and worship you. We thank you for how good you've been to us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for all you have told us. We pray for the grace to press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Father God, we pray that you would give us the grace to fulfill all your will. May we love you. May we know you. Deliver us from ever giving Satan an advantage over us. 
We pray that we will speak all that is true, all that is just. May we think on the honorable, the just, the lovely, the faithful. Think on these things. May we think on those things, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, and may we serve you and remember you in our youth now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Everything that is in this message cannot apply to you. If you want Jesus Christ to save you, if you want him to be your Lord, you want him to, 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 to forgive you for, of all your sins, for all your sins, you want a fresh start. You want Jesus Christ. You want your sins forgiven. You want to be close to God. Then I want to encourage you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. God bless you all, God bless you all. Thanks for joining all those online. God bless you, thanks for joining. Shall we share with a prayer? Father God, I pray that you bless and grant us all favor and peace. May we receive everything that you have in store for us. May we walk in the blessings of God. May you protect us and put your hedge of fire and protection all around us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you all. And I want to say shalom to the online viewers. God bless you and thanks for joining. Shalom.